episode number two, take one. Welcome to Rackhouse Ramblings. I'm Jeff, and thanks for listening. This is episode number two. You know, I really enjoy uh, recording these podcasts, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. And uh, during this past week, it's been uh, pretty exciting for me because I've been getting a lot of feedback, most of it good, as a matter of fact, on this podcast. And uh, one of the things was about raising the volume level. So I went ahead and adjusted some of the settings in my recording. And if it's still not loud enough, let me know. That's the kind of stuff I want to hear. And if there's something specific you want me to talk about on the podcast, that's another thing I want to uh, get feedback on. I, I'm really grateful for everyone uh, communicating back after listening to the podcast. That helps me a lot. So uh, podcast number two, here we go. I'm excited about this one. I'm going to try a new segment. It's called, Is It True or Is It Made Up? So you're going to decide. Another new thing on this uh, episode is I'm going to have a, my first guest. His name is Brad. And Brad, uh, I work with. He's a fellow firefighter. I think you're really going to like uh, listening to what he has to say. He's a super interesting guy. And if you haven't uh, uh, had the chance to sit down and uh, talk one-on-one with him, I think you're really going to be surprised. He has a lot of uh, uh, hobbies, like me, of course. And he's had uh, quite a few different jobs in his past before joining the fire, fire service like me, same thing. Also in this episode, we're going to talk about uh, a show that I've been watching on YouTube, and I think uh, you guys should check it out. It's called Hot Ones. Kind of interesting. We'll mention that more later in the podcast. And then I'll uh, revisit my plans to uh, hike the Appalachian Trail and the section inside uh, Smoky Mountain National Park. And we're probably going to spotlight a bourbon as well, of course. That's why we call it Rackhouse Rambling. So we have lots to talk about. We're going to get started. Thanks again. This is episode two. Let's get it on. All right, and I'm back. This is uh, episode two continued. I, you know, I thought about opening the show with an update on podcasts I'm listening to, but I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to... Uh, talk to you guys about a uh, show that I found on YouTube. Sometimes I like to surf around on YouTube while I'm making dinner. If you've ever been to my house, you'll see my kitchen is set up. I have a, a flat screen in the kitchen and I like to play YouTube in the background, almost like a video jukebox while I'm cooking and making dinner and things like that. And one of the things I surfed around and found is a show called Hot Ones. It's uh, on a YouTube channel that's called First We Feast. And the show is kind of different. I like it. It's hosted by a guy named Sean Evans, and it's an interview show. So uh, the interviewer, he brings in these popular guests from the entertainment industry, people like Shaquille O'Neal or Will Ferrell or Dax Shepard. And uh, what makes this show different is the format. The host and the guests, they kind of sit across the table from each other. And uh, in between them are uh, chicken wings, like hot chicken wings. They're lined up in a row, and there's specifically 10 of them. And what they do is they start out with number one, and they work their way up to 10. And the, the neat thing is, I, I kind of like it because it's they get hotter and spice, like spicier from 1 through 10. So 1 is kind of on the mild side, 2 gets spicier, and 3 all the way up to 10. And so each wing has hot sauce poured over it. And in front of the wing is the bottle of hot sauce. And of course, they all have different brands and different labels and things like that. So before they take a bite, they pour hot sauce over it. And they give a little short description on the, from the bottle. So whatever the manufacturer puts on there, they'll talk about ingredients and where it was made or what have you. And uh, so they work their way up. And, you know, number one, 
the, the first one is no big deal. And in between eating the wings, they'll, he'll ask like typical interview questions. And then he goes in deep on certain topics and things. And, uh, some of the stuff is pretty interesting depending on, you know, who the guest is or whatever. But by the time they get up to wings, number three, wings, number four, wings, number five, now it starts getting spicy. And by the time they get up to six, seven, eight, you know, after five, they're getting really spicy and you'll start seeing people sweating. I mean, dripping sweat and things like that. And then, you know, to help these people eat the wings along the way, there's usually, uh, like some cold water. They even have milk up there for some people. And, uh, it's, it's funny to see how some people are really tolerant to the spice and some people are not. So I, I hope I've given you a good description, but uh, I know I'm not doing the show justice. I highly recommend giving it a try. Go on YouTube. It's called Hot Ones. Give it a search. And you're going to see, you know, this show's been around for a while. I just recently discovered it. And I think you guys really like it. It's really hilarious. One of my favorites to check out is the one with um, Shaquille O'Neal. And I'm not going to give it away or anything, but I would really suggest you uh, check it out. His is really, really funny. And on a, a side note, so they show hot sauces, uh, on this uh, interview show, and you can buy those hot sauces. So I went on to uh, Amazon, did a search. It was called Hot Ones Hot Sauces, and sure enough, you can purchase them in uh, packs. So like season six or season seven or season eight, they come in like a six-pack of hot sauces. Now, they're not cheap by any means, but if you want to do your own little test of how hot they are, uh, you can go online and buy these. Take a minute, go to Amazon, search on it. It's called Hot Ones Hot Sauces. I was surprised to see how many there were. And uh, you can even buy them individual if it's a little pricey. So check it out. That was my second. That's one of the shows I'm watching on YouTube. Check it out. With that being said, we're going to take a break, and I'll be right back with another segment of Rackhouse Ramblings. I'd like to introduce a new sponsor to Rackhouse Ramblings podcast. It's DNP Painting. For your interior and exterior painting needs, call DNP Painting at 586-383-3578. You know, these are quality guys. They do quality work and use nothing but Sherwin-Williams paint. I know them personally. I trust them as fellow first responders, and you can trust them too. DNP Painting, 586-383-3578. Call them now to reserve your spot. Their spring and summer schedule is filling fast. This is Rackhouse Ramblings. We're back. This is the bourbon spotlight segment. And uh, this week's spotlighted bourbon is Old Forester. Before I go any further, I'm going to pour me uh, a small sip of this. And what I have in my hand right now is Old Forester Single Barrel Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, This is a single barrel. And on the label, it says it's 90 proof. It's from the fourth floor of Warehouse Ellis and Larry. And if you know me, you know I really like my single barrels, and I uh, uh, seem to buy more of those than anything else. So uh, in this segment, I'm going to spotlight Old Forester. I visited their websites, oldforester.com, and uh, found quite a few interesting facts. The distillery is located in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, which is one of my favorite towns. And on their website, there are some really interesting things that I didn't know. And if you're a bourbon nut like me, I, I would uh, check it out. It's a, a really easy website to use. And my favorite part is called the About Us uh, section. Um, 
before I go any further, have me a sip here and uh, looking back on the wall behind me, I realize I have three bottles of Old Forester. I have the Old Forester Rye, Old Forester Single Barrel, and Old Forester 1870 uh, Original Batch. And, you know, looking online, I found their mash bill, and uh, the website for that is called ModernThirst.com. ModernThirst.com. Mash bill, that's really the recipe that they use to uh, produce the bourbon. And uh, like I was saying in the previous podcast, it has to be at least 51% corn to be bourbon. And Old Forester, uh, they use 72% corn, 18% rye, uh, 10% barley, and the barrel is uh, charred to a level four char. Now, it probably doesn't mean much to anyone else, but to us bourbon folks, that's kind of interesting stuff to follow. So the other things I found on their uh, website is they're the only uh, distillery downtown that has like an active cooperage is what they call it. So cooperage is where they make the uh, wood barrels. You're called a cooper if you make wood barrels. So it turns out at this distillery, they have a cooperage as well as they char their barrels in the same uh, building right there. So that's going to be next on my tour. I already told Ann that next time we go through Louisville, we're going to stop at Old Forester and check that place out. And uh, uh, let's see what else they had on their website here. Founder is a guy named George Carvin Brown, blah, 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 five generations, 150 years they've been doing business. Let's see what else they have on their website. There's a few things that I picked out here, and I really liked uh, the fact that the cooperage was inside uh, the distillery right there in downtown, and they've been distilling for a very long time, it looks like. And uh, let's see what else they have here. Uh-huh. Very proud of their history, 150 years. Uh, oh, you know what? In... Um, This one I thought was interesting, too. In 2019, they uh, uh, acquired a historic historic recipe, acquired 1940. Here it is. It's a 2019 press release. I take that back. Uh, But they acquired the recipe by a guy named Ousley Brown. And uh, he had the rye recipe for their Old Forster rye. Now, that has a mash bill of 65% rye, 20% malted barley, and 15% corn. I'll tell you, that rye is pretty good, too. We'll have to spotlight that on another show. But uh, uh, what else do they have here? Malt, blah, 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 proprietary yeast. That's another thing, too, and 100 proof. And looking on their website, too, they were one of the first uh, bourbon distilleries to do a low alcohol for mixing drinks. So that makes it easier to mix your Manhattans, your old fashions, and that would be, I think it was in the 80-something proof. You know, normally... The single barrel I'm drinking right now is a 90 proof. Stand by, be right there. Mm. I like that. That has a very good finish. I highly recommend it. Old Forester single barrel. Another top pick. See if there's any other interesting facts. Blah, blah, blah. Mash bill. Well, there you have it. That's our spotlight on Old Forester single barrel smooth finish. Goes down real easy. I like to drink mine with one cube of ice to uh, thin it out just a little bit. But uh, yeah, there you have it. Bourbon Spotlight on Old Forester. Check out oldforester.com. They have a pretty good webpage. A lot of interesting stuff. And then if you're interested in uh, mash bills like me, uh, want to know a little bit more about the recipe and things like that, modernthirst.com. Check that out too. We'll be right back.
I'm back. This is Rackhouse Ramblings, and this is the travel segment. Uh, I'm going to give you guys an update, and if you remember, Ann and I are going to go on a backpacking trip in March, and we're going to backpack part of the Appalachian Trail, part that goes through the Smoky Mountains. Now, that's a 70-mile stretch, where of course we're not going to do the whole 70 miles, but we are going to do a portion of it, uh, three nights and four days. So, And uh, we're this is kind of the build-up, getting all our gear together and things like that, and to me, that's part. Of, that's part of the enjoyment is the build up before the trip. So, and a reminder too, we're going with a, a tour group through REI, and uh, so that way there'll be other people. Of course, we don't know who they are, and we'll meet them uh, the night before we uh, head out. So, since the last uh, podcast, uh, we went to the local REI, and Anne was fitted for a new backpack, and uh, this is the time, first time ever even heard of that. I didn't know. It's like getting fitted for a pair of shoes. They fit you for a backpack. And I'm glad we went. We learned a lot and it makes Anne feel a lot more confident, a lot more comfortable. And I guess one of the important measurements is, uh, the, I guess your midsection, I don't know if you call it uh, your thorax, your spine or what have you, all that, but it'd be like the distance from your hips to your shoulders. That uh, lumbar region there, they, they, will fit the backpack because everyone's a little bit different, you know, in that distance. So I had no idea that backpacks were even adjustable. We saw a specialist and she was really knowledgeable, really helpful and took the time to help Ann and made her feel comfortable. And, uh, at the end of the visit, she chose a new backpack and it really makes all the difference to be comfortable. And, uh, I think it helps make her feel more confident too, to help us out. Uh, uh, so there's no, uh, no mystery, no having your back hurt or anything like that. So, and really opened my eyes to the adjustability of these modern backpacks. And so personally, mine is a Kelty external and Anne's uh, is an internal. The external, they call it external frame, means like there's an actual aluminum frame on the outside of the backpack. And hers is an internal frame, means the frame that supports the backpack is on the inside so you don't see it at all. And uh, the fitting took probably about 45 minutes, and it was a free service to REI members, which Ann is a member. And uh, so hopefully this, I think it's going to work out really well for us. You know, everything seems to fit in it. It's comfortable, but it seems to be getting a little heavy. We might have to uh, uh, leave a few things back. So that's kind of our update. I'll keep you guys posted as we get closer to the date and uh, uh, let you know what we're up to and how it's going to go. So that's the end of our travel segment. Hi, we're back, and this next segment is uh, a first for me. It's my first guest. His name is Brad. Now, Brad works with me at the fire department, and uh, he's a real interesting guy. He got a few different hobbies and uh, jobs in the past, and just a, a really fun to listen to, fun to talk to. I want to thank him for coming down and spending the time with me, and uh, I have to apologize ahead of time. The quality is not real good. I'm still learning this microphone stuff and uh, audio stuff and software stuff, but uh, I kind of uh, uh, said it the best I could. I hope you uh, enjoy it as much as I did. I purposely put it at the end of the podcast. Some people may not want to listen to it. It runs a little bit long, about 30 minutes. But uh, just to give you a teaser, Brad was a wildland firefighter. Brad owned a pizzeria. Brad is also a bee guy. Uh, uh, has a bunch of beehives around and does some welding and all sorts of things. So give it a listen. Uh, thanks again, Brad, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and without further ado, here's Brad's interview. This is uh, Rackhouse Ramblings, my interview with Brad. Uh, how do we, 
you know, how do we start this? Thing? I don't know. I don't know. What? Either this way, we got bourbon, we got snacks. This is my first podcast. So. This is my second podcast. This is so second. We're, gonna out. Yeah. we're in this badass that, bourbon room. The idea is that we can talk. The bourbon kind of gets mm-hmm. us talking. And the what kind of language are we keeping you here? You can talk however you want. You know okay. who listens to this? Our friends. I don't know. Oh, okay. So, uh, so I can like dicks and yeah, buttholes. Whatever and, you want. Okay. Because right. you know who's listening. Rick and Dane and all those guys. Did, yeah. they, did they tell you? Did Rick tell anyone tell you I did a podcast? Have they said anything yet? Other than me calling you, texting you today? Um, I mean, I know you've been into it for a while. So I, I put one out um, last week. And yeah. I went on the internet and got a host, and I got like a real podcast, right? Nice. So I uploaded it, and I've been texting around a few people. And um, one of the things when you have like someone host it is they tell you how many people download it. Oh, okay. I've had like 33 people download my little 30 minute podcast. Oh, okay. Right? So I feel like a big deal. I will. So you got, the people are listening to it. I don't even know 33 like, people. Uh, yeah. You'd be surprised how many <laughs> people we know, like friends of friends. So like just guys from work been listening yeah, to this. Right. So it, it ends up being like thirty minutes or something like that, but so it, it's like we're talking to those guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> Suck a dick, Dane. Yeah, there you go. Shout out to Dane Harvey. So all we're gonna do, we have th- three tastes lined up here, right? All right. So we're gonna go from left to right. Um, number one, so you this one on your left. This one is the, the one from the guy from Northville, Luca yeah. Mariano or whatever. Right. Um, I tried this once before. You can see I barely even tapped into it. But when mm. you taste this one, um, it's going to taste quite a bit different. You said you like Woodford Reserve, and that's mm-hmm. number two. But if you take a sip or take a smell of this one, there's a lot going on there. Huh? It's very, it's different, very different. I'm going to jump right in. Whew. It's almost like sweet to me. It goes down pretty smooth, Isn't actually. It? It's pretty smooth. Seriously. <laughs> Supposedly, it's a family recipe. That's yeah, what the article said. That's why I bought it. And I it's, refer and to it as dangerously smooth. The local guy. That's another reason I bought it, too. Yeah. And it has a good finish. Like, when it goes down, there's no burn. Yeah, it doesn't have that weird bite. Those are my favorite bourbons, man. You know... So I was talking to you the other day. I said, hey, you know, Jim Walker, JJ? Yeah. He's like, oh, I know Brad from our EMT class. And I was like, I don't remember Brad. You're not, you weren't in my EMT class. Did you take it at Schoolcraft? I took it at Schoolcraft. Who was your teacher? Dude, that was so long ago. Was it Bob Lovelace? He was one of the instructors at the time. Okay. My... My first EMT class was taught by a man and a woman that worked for Ann Arbor. Okay. Um, back when their EMS and fire was still separated. Okay. That's it was two medics from Ann Arbor. My buddy fire. JJ was driving me crazy. He goes, yeah, Brad. I said, no, I don't remember Brad. In our, I would remember Brad in our uh, class. Yeah. So it's fine. Because so I got my medical license when I was 21. I'm okay. 37. So that was quite a while ago. How long ago that was. Damn. So from EMT, you did EMT, then met Roll Brain, the medic? Yep. And then what did you do after that? Did you get the fire academy after that? Uh, well, I did the fire academy first, first. And then right around the time I got my license, I also got my liquor license. Oh, boy. So that's when... What I, made you get a liquor license? Well, uh, I was buying a restaurant. What made you buy a restaurant? You were just like... Well, at the time, um, this was back in the day when it was hard to get fire jobs. Uh-huh. Not right. like now. Right. When you went, there was five, 600 people. Applying. Yeah. It's not okay. like it is now. So They're like, hey, can B. you spell your name? Cool. You're hired. I needed a plan B. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what I was trying to set myself up because I was applying everywhere and nobody was hiring or 
you're on list and then list on list and so I decided, all right, man, I've been doing this pizza thing for a while. I'm gonna buy this restaurant, no big deal, easy transition. I've already been here, but I'm managing the place. So like when you say pizza thing, you were working at a pizza place? Yeah, so wow. um, I've been working there already for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. I was managing the place. Mm -hmm. um, so it was an easy transition for me. I was already managing it. Um, and the previous owner, he had kind of just kind of let, he was getting burnt out, let things kind of go to the wayside. So yeah. I was like, all right, man, I'm gonna come in here, clean things up. But isn't pizza, that's like hard, that's hard work. Dude. Yeah. Right? You gotta be there. Open and close seven days a week. Holy So smokes. I did that for a number of years. And then, uh, and then you said, well, I'll do EMT. And yeah, because I got into it before the market crashed. Right. So at first, <laughs> here I am, I'm 22, I got a restaurant, a liquor license. I'm driving around on a Lincoln Mark LT. I was eating lunch with like mayor and state representatives and all this stuff. And then big, the market. Big shooter, pizza guy. And then the market went. <laughs> and then I was in there every day, open and close, seven days a week. And then it just, after five, six years of that, it was just. You were able to make a living, right? Yeah, it was just, it was good. That was about it, I'm yeah, sure. That's all it was, though. You know what I mean? Nothing was being saved up or anything, really. So, so like on a $10 pizza, what do you think you'd make? Oh, dude. Eight bucks? Seven bucks. Less than that, because you got to think about Six, five bucks. By the time you put, so you got to, you know, this is what you got. to, This is how I broke it down. Was okay, I make my own dough, yep. but it costs me to make dough because I got to pay someone. I got to run a machine that takes up juice. That's a big then, machine too. Yeah, right? yeah, big old whole part. So then someone's got to weigh them out, cut them, package them. So that all costs. The cost of cheese fluctuates. Sometimes a year it's up here. Sometimes you know down here and. Then by the time you pay some teenager who was probably fucking stoned or drunk or whatever to fucking make the thing and keep the lights on and keep the gas going, I mean, I, you know, maybe a dollar a pizza. Or, you know what I mean? A dollar. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, but it can't be more than five bucks, I'm sure, on a $10 pizza. Right? Yeah, it's not much, How man. How the hell the do it? They, <laughs> dude, they ruined it. They yeah. ruined pizza. At $5 a I pizza. think they really did because... All that $5 pizza is, they call it a large, but it's, and I know this because someone who worked there told me this, yeah. it's an overstretched medium. Okay. So you're buying a medium pizza, that's all you're doing. It's just, the dough is overstretched. Okay. The same amount of sauce, cheese, toppings, same that's amount of everything, everything just overstretched into a large. Uh, that makes sense. So that's how they're able to and get away with it. you sell a lot of them. Yeah. So that's, so but after that, everybody thought large pizzas would be $5. Wow. And it's like, dude, you gotta understand, I'm not serving you, you know, dog shit in the box here. It's like real. It's product, real pizza. Real stuff, yeah. Real, yeah. You know, I took the time. Handmade, we made our own dough. Yeah. We made our own sauce. Like they didn't really care though. No, and it's so it, it's so like premium pizza, cheese too, you went man. To the restaurant business. So, and what kind of rest? What was our bar? Well, it was right? a it was a pizza restaurant. It was a it was a pizzeria, but it was a full dining. Wow. So I had you know waitresses, busboys, full dining room, arcade, bar, liquor license, everything, TVs everywhere. Where is this place at? In Plymouth. Wow. Um, that probably did pretty decent, right? So, well, it did, but then like I said, once the market crashed, everybody thought everything should be five bucks, and then people were coming up with scams, like, you get their pizza delivered, throw it in the oven, burn it on purpose, and then call you back to try to get, you know, a free one out of it. And <laughs> and I know damn well, because I'm the one that pulled it out and cut it, see, and I know damn well it wasn't burned. These are your neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> or people come in with coupons from other places or try to use multiple coupons at once. I want and, you to take them, nice. And it just, 
Yeah, just because it was in Plymouth I'm, I'm doesn't mean. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be a paramedic. So People that. People treat you better, right? No, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> that was a fucking terrible idea, too. Yeah. Went, so, like, you went your EMT, you did your parent. Where did you do your medic at? I did it all at school, crap. Me, too. Then, yeah. So you got your medic. Yep. And then you already had your fire, right? Yeah. So um, I went out west and did wildland firefighting. Where would you do that at? Um, we were based out of Chico, California, okay. northern California. So it's like uh, north, uh, like an hour north of Sacktown. Okay. So I'm not like really familiar with like the federal stuff, but so you'd be based out of Chico, and I know there's people based out of all different places. Yeah. Right? And you kind of get deployed to different mm-hmm. areas. Yeah. So you just keep your phone on you, and they can call you at a moment's notice, and uh, you know. They'd be like, all right, man, you know, you're, we're Pack beating, your shit, and your shit. We're beating up at, you know, whatever, 0600 in the morning. So, so you, did you live around Chico, like right around there? Cause um, that's where you were Well, I was homeless. Yeah. So <laughs> I just lived out of my car. Yeah. Hopefully you're destroyed um, a lot. Then you weren't homeless. Oh dear. Yeah. How did you like, a, so you go through the internet and apply, you yep. get your, your federal So shit, I applied right? or whatever, went out, they said, Hey, you still looking for a job? Yeah, man. So, uh, I flew out there and. It was like a week long. So for that, all you need is your fire two. Okay. I already had it. So like I had to go for like Do a week long. you need that blue card or anything like red that? Card. Red card? Yeah. yeah. So I went out there and did this week long class to get my red card because mm-hmm. I already had the fire two and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, so I got my fire card and then, um, uh, so they're like, hey, uh, when can you start? I'm like, hmm. I don't, I'm like, I could start, I just got to go home and grab a couple of things and come back. Like, I thought I was just there for an orientation class. Like, that was all I was told. Right. You know what I mean? I didn't think I was going to start working the next day. So I was like, hey, do you mind if I go home and grab some shit? <laughs> you know? So I flew home and packed as fast as I could and got everything, set a bunch of buys or whatever, and then back. drove back there with my truck. I wanted to have a car, right, so I right. drove there. Otherwise, oh, I shit. So, like... They say, okay, we're gonna go fight this, and it's usually some sort of forest fire, right? Yeah. And then they, you don't know how long you're gonna be, right? No. The, how do they even? I would, the longest one was like a month long. So you go out, get to where yeah. you're gonna be. Your base, so right? um, depends on the size of the fire. You know, if it's just like um, a lightning fire in the side of the mountain that hasn't quite spread yet, mm-hmm. you know, um, or you might get something where like the one that I was there for a month, it was the Angora fire. Um, you can actually Google it. It it was like three thousand acres big, over two hundred and fifty houses, like and this it was like legitimate incident command. You know what I mean? You had over seven hundred crews there. We were all based uh we set up base camp in Mount Heavenly. Um So you'd go out for what, twenty four hour stretch, come so back to base camp? It varies. Um usually twelve to sixteen. Yeah. Um if you're on fire watch, you'll go throughout the entire night mm-hmm. till Next crew comes back in the morning, then you get relieved to go sleep for like eight hours and come back. Wow. So it's a lot of 16 eights rotating around. So it'd be like a chow tent and an area where you had three So on that one, um, because it was was declared a state of emergency um, at the time uh, when Schwarzenegger was still governor, um, I always always give him respect for this too, because he took the time to actually come out there, speak to us, and shake every single firefighter's hand. Really? Which took hours upon hours because we were that goes a long way right i thought so Make time out of your i day thought so out there and... you know what i mean i mean our mayor like tries to avoid us if he right. sees us this guy so, the I mean, governor of california so came out there him. let's talk like how would you even get paid how would they even clock your hours or uh paper system yeah so you'd write down hey i did 16 hours today mm-hmm. yeah everything is tracked on paper wow. and goes back um not like 
and I'm sure it's good money, but it's you're, yeah, you're it's good, more. but you know you're working. Yeah. Um, so if there's no forest fire, then what do you guys do? Go back to town, drink, party, <laughs> get in the fights, get lost, go to yeah. jail. So like, I, I if there's no forest fire for a week, what are you doing for a week? Uh, sometimes you'll do. Some, sometimes you do what's called like uh, prescription burns or thinning oh. projects. Okay. So someone might can contract you to go to a certain part of the woods to thin it out. Um, I've seen them guys up north. They'll put stuff in piles yeah. and they'll come back in the winter and burn it. And... So you do that or like uh, we did a prescription burn in Yosemite. That was pretty cool. Um, we basically went out there and we had uh, certain areas where they wanted us to just go ahead and burn up the floor, get mm -hmm. rid of all the garbage and all that stuff. And then, you know, you're there to admire it, make sure right. it's spread. Do you guys do that? Like right now we're career firefighters, right? right. We do this residential stuff for a career. Yeah. Do you guys do that type of forest fire type stuff? career yeah really yeah um, so you start out as entry level you're entry level yeah. on the ground How's had i uh had i never fallen in love with a girl i probably would have stayed out there really well dude i would have been a I, at this point i'd be a boss mm -hmm. making like six figures and so. so a boss would be in charge of what 10 guys, so, eight guys? um what's so you got your crew boss mm -hmm. and then crews break down into um two teams of nine. Mm -hmm. So like you have crew 1A, crew 1B, yep. um, and then there's nine. several crews or whatever, but yep. so then nine and nine, and then each of those nine have a crew supervisor. And then from there, you have your two lead firemen, mm -hmm. and then, uh, which are kind of like the lazy on, but then you got oh. the rest of your guys from there. Everyone has a role. Yeah. <laughs> and you move up by seniority, is that how they do it? Um, or testing? Or by whoever. I don't know. They moved me up pretty quick. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was just because. You showed up. I guess, man. Cause like, <laughs> well, I started out at the very back of the line because, you know, it goes in a line. Everyone's got a tool. And I started out at the back of the line with McLeod. And then they eventually moved me up to the front on uh, Blasky, which is the guy right behind the um, Sawyer and Swamper. Mm -hmm. Sawyer is kind of like. That's what you're aiming to go for. That's the ultimate. Like you want to be the Sawyer at the beginning of the line. Mm -hmm. um, so then you got the Swamper, and then you got me. So the Plasky, what my so Sawyer cuts everything. Swamper is right behind him, chucking everything, and then the Plasky comes in and starts the trench. So that's your your job is to start that trench going. Holy shit! So, yeah, you're beating up that tough shit. Oh, your arms shit. get tired. Oh, dude. All day, man. All day. Because, like, before you even go to work, you're already hiking eight miles in before you even start working. Before you even know? start digging the trench. Yeah. Holy shit. Ugh, so, I can't imagine. Yeah. And so when you went out there for that orientation, it's like sitting in class during the week, presentations. On, mm -hmm. Is there, like, a physical tryout or physical yeah. agility? Yeah, so you do a physical well, agility. you're a big yeah. guy. So that would, for you, that's... Well... A little guy like me walks in like, oh, shit. I don't know, though, because <laughs> their physical agility was... Um, so keep in mind, you're elevated up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. So that thin air does make a difference. Oh, I know that. Yeah. I was just last fall, I was in Rocky yeah. Mountain. Man, I'm telling Shit you. Shit is legit, dude. So if you're not used to it, it gets <laughs> no, you at first. I had to stop many times. Yeah. So our agility test was you had to run three miles. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember the amount of time and you it, got. And this is not on a track. This is. No, this was through the mountains. Yeah. So you had to run three miles. And I imagine I you're not in running shoes. Running shoes or your boots? Or? I had running shoes on. Yeah, a little um, weighted backpack or something. Well, after you run the three miles, then you pick up a forty-five pound vest and you mm -hmm. got to hike two more miles. Okay. Damn. And then that was the agility test. So it was five miles total. I can't 
I'm trying to Either way. It was like, it was less than an hour to finish it. You okay. know what I mean? So like you had to move. Yeah. And Damn. so, yeah, I was, dude, I was fucking hit by the end of that shit. <laughs> I was. But you finished. Dude, right? I was Obviously, gassed. you probably finished pretty high up. I yeah, bet. I was honestly gassed. I was like, cool, man, yeah. this thing there is for real. Yeah. So like when you were in it, like other guys from around the country were probably yeah. there too? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, people were from all around. Yeah. yeah. Holy smokes. So how long did you do that for you? Uh, for a season. Like, and what would be one season? Just like six months, eight months? Um, Like spring to fall. And then you would what, like re-up on a contract or kind of? Yeah, so at the end of the season, um, you when everything dies down, um, basically pretty much almost everybody gets laid off except for a couple main guys. Okay. Um, so everybody gets laid off. So some guys um take that time they take their layoff and they're cool with it and they'll go become ski bums or whatever right. some guys will go work at the mountains or uh, you know go like king crab fishing and I stuff like that finding work is work yeah. around right yeah so there's all sorts of stuff they do yeah. um and then the next season comes up and they say hey, brad you want to come back yeah you want to come and back you have the option right mm -hmm. you fell in love and fell in love back yeah came back to michigan and so and you're in love ever since yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then, it, so then you ended up, I think you said Detroit EMS eventually? Um, when I came back, I worked for Rapid Response. Mm -hmm. uh, I did that for a little bit, and then I worked for Plymouth Township Fire, then I went to Detroit EMS, mm -hmm. and then I ended up in the wonderful city of Warren. Wonderful city of Warren. Da, 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 da. All right. My mouth's a little dry. Yeah. So if you went to the number two, this one's our Woodford oh, Reserve. Okay. This one you'll, you'll know. This one I like, yeah. Mm. That one's pretty smooth. That one's good. But way different than the first one, I think. Yeah, there's a distinct difference. Huge difference, I think. Okay, I like that. First? Oh, this is the first one. Yeah. The Woodford, I like to make my uh, old fashions with. Nice. Woodford's pretty good. It's a little, it seems like a little, um, Oaky or barely or spicy. Yeah, it's got a little extra spice to it. Speaking of barrels, that barrel behind you, I picked that up uh, about a week and a half ago. This guy had these on, um, Russ found it for me on Facebook for like 65 bucks. Oh, shit. And it has some kind of whiskey was in it. I can't find the brand name. I can't find anything on it. And it is heavy as all get out. I oh, cannot yeah. believe how heavy it was. Oh, it's oak, right? Yeah. So I pressure washed it, cleaned it up a little bit. And uh, if you smell on the top of the lid right mm -hmm. around the edges you'll still smell the whiskey and i'm going to figure out how to pop the uh that uh cap out of there and so you can really smell it so i need a whiskey barrel in my bourbon room yeah add some ambiance to it i had to roll it down the hill and shit get it rolling, really? rolling. yeah cool. it, it is freaking heavy i had no idea how heavy it was going to be <laughs> you know you know me you know, you're the same way. I'm we don't ask way, for help, dude. do we? I'll break a leg before I ask help. do it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm the same way. You should ask. Well, yeah, yeah, by the time I ask and we schedule it, then I'll yeah. be done. I'm the same way. Help yourself to my yeah. snack tray, too. That These are nice. stuffed with uh, jalapeno and garlic. Those look oh. pretty good. Mm -hmm. That's Polish kielbasa from Hamtramck. Probably from Ham Sandwich, huh? Mm-hmm. All the way from Ham Sandwich, New Bangla Town. Yeah, it's not Polish Town no more. <laughs> There's a couple of Polish places, but not Polish Town anymore. I'm not even sure if Kowalski's even open anymore. I don't know. It 
could be. I have not sure if it's on Trovex. Let me make it right there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Need, I got water, I got beer, I got pop, whatever we need to wash okay. this down to. Got any cigars? I do not have any cigars. Alright, next time. It's like a no smoking room in here. No smoking house, matter of fact. Really? We can get a smoke eater and a vent in here. <laughs> Stink up the joint. Look around at all these bottles. So if you see, so this one, this one I did because it shows you what bourbon's made of. There's corn, rye, barley, malt. Oh, okay, I get it. That would be like 51% corn to be called bourbon. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Okay. I sell the corn now. I All just... kind of bourbon rules. I, I like the bottles so much. I hate throwing them away. So I will throw some corn in them or whatever. Sure. Why not? Some of them you pay so much. You hate to throw the bottles. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. And then the rye. I, lately I've been buying some of the rye. Those are really. I like some of those. I never really got into the rye too much. It's a little bit different taste. Scotch, Scotch, I can't really get into anymore. Now that the Middleton's one, that was from Dane's wedding. Yeah, me and the old lady went through a huge Scotch phase. Really, I'm and not a Scotch guy. Burned out on it. I keep, I'm a, I'm a, um, bourbon's my thing. Yeah, I stick to the bourbons. And this last one is uh, a single barrel Evan Williams. I think that's like the best value there is like $28 at Myers. So when you buy it, it tells you what barrel it is, what year they did it. It'll tell you uh, the barrel number, the year oh. it was put in a barrel, and the year it was taken out of the barrel. Oh, no shit. One yeah. nice. Oh, that was just came out then. It just came out. And this single barrel pick was for Meyer. Oh, no shit. So, yeah. Just for Meyer Thrifty Acres. You know what I think is, uh, first I think is underrated is Traverse, Siski, Traverse City Traverse Whiskey. Traverse City Whiskey, yeah. That's a good one. You know, we last summer were drinking that with the Oh, remember we were north drinking the uh, cherry whiskey. Yes, that remember, was the one. Yeah, dude. That shit was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We drank that bottle pretty quick. Yeah, that was, you know, speaking of that, that was a pretty fun hike. I liked it. was it. a fun hike, dude. All right, so. Whatever tell the recordings that you took from that. They are somewhere on my phone. And I haven't uploaded them yet, so I got to put them together into something. I'm glad you said mm. that. They're still on my phone. I okay. haven't touched them yet. I got to do like something with the pictures too. I took a ton of pictures, and then uh, so since that trip, I talked my wife into going on one. We're going to the Smoky Mountains next month, and it March for uh, same thing like three nights, four days. Nice. But we're gonna go with the REI group. She wouldn't go with just me. <laughs> Uh, so just want to be stuck in the woods. Just trust me, yeah. <laughs> like, but honey, we'll go with the REI. Okay. Why? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they you go to the shower naked in the river. The, um, Appalachian Trail runs through the park. Nice. So you're gonna do like a. I'm not sure what sections we're gonna do or whatever. Have you mm -hmm. ever? Do you know anything about it? Have you ever? What the Appalachian Trail? Yeah. I know about it. So I... like, as you go on there, mm -hmm. like when we did it with Dane, we were up north, and you had to do the designated campsite, right? Mm -hmm. So on the Appalachian Trail, same thing, designated, but it's got like a lean-to um, and a platform. Oh, okay. And whoever reserves that night, you all sleep in there, so you don't know who. Like a hostel. Like a hostel. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So the boss is pretty, a little concerned. I bet you that gets pretty weird on the Appalachian Trail. I bet you it gets Trail. pretty lot. So everything I'm reading says bring earplugs. Because there is all sorts of people who do that trail. Yeah, and you get a trail name. You've heard of this, right? No. Yeah, you don't I didn't really get a name. You wouldn't be Brad. You would be uh, Squirrel or you would be... That's fine. I don't want those weirdos or, knowing my name. Yeah, you'd have a trail name. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So you have to think of a trailer. <laughs> I have to come up with some creative good. Yeah. What's this? The, this the, oh, yeah, the ovens. This is an Evan Williams single barrel. All these are pretty, real smooth. You didn't have to slam it, Brad. You could, like, taste it. You barely poured any in there. I wanted to taste it. Well, I figured you poured it. No, I. We have to did, be yeah. responsible. And then when we're all said and done, if you want like a real. He didn't pour these to the top. Just these so are you called know. taste. He put little sips. This in is there. a thimbleful, so you can taste yeah. it. But I have bigger glasses when you want to have like a, a drink. I brought some ice down too. Well, maybe we don't have to work the next day. Yeah, I'm probably gonna have maybe I'll pick one out and have a drink of something. Uh, and it looks like that's the end of our show. I don't have anything else for you guys this week. Uh, stay tuned. Next week, new bourbon segment, probably a new uh, guest. And I think I've even got like another uh, YouTube uh, show for you guys to check out. So episode number two, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for downloading, and I hope you enjoy it. We'll talk to you later.